0: About six months ago, I made the public announcement that we were shutting down Sweet Spot Strategy, my signature online course. And a lot of people asked me, Rachel, why are you shutting down an incredibly profitable course that has made you over a million dollars in revenue since you launched it, serving hundreds of amazing entrepreneurs? And I know all the hype out there about how online courses are the next big thing we should all be focused on. But after hosting the CEO retreat for the last two years, I started to see some major things happening for my clients, some incredible results that I couldn't deny. And I knew that it was time for me to hit the pause button and really reevaluate how I was going to show up and serve my community. So, in today's episode, I want to take you a little behind the scenes and give you a sneak peek at what is coming your way with the CEO Collective this spring. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy systems and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Now, before we dive into this episode, I wanted to just take a moment for a quick listener shout out. I have been sharing A lot of deeply personal things on the podcast over the last few weeks, really since the beginning of 2020, and stepping into a new level of vulnerability with you all as I'm trying to share more of the hard parts, the things that people don't publicly talk about when you're running a business. So I really appreciate all of the emails and all of the messages on social media and the reviews you all have been leaving about the latest podcast episodes. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to Runner Chick 79 who left this on Apple Podcasts. I have listened to other entrepreneurial podcasts, and no one helps me and makes me feel as good as Promote Yourself to CEO. Rachel is my go-to business guru now. She is down-to-earth and authentic, good at what she does, but not stagey. I love that she can relate to business-owning moms of littles, emphasizes self-care, and helps me focus on creating a business that serves my life and not the other way around. I love that she shares her real-life examples, and I do mean life as she shares how her business and her life go hand in hand. Love all the episodes. Thank you so much for that message and all the other messages we've been getting about the latest episodes. If you have been loving how deep we have been going in these conversations, then stay tuned. You're going to be so excited about this series we are kicking off today. As you heard in the intro for this episode, things have been changing behind the scenes in my business. About two years ago, I was starting to feel really frustrated with my business, even though it was incredibly successful by all accounts, generating multiple six figures in revenue, paying me and my family a very comfortable salary, allowing my husband to be a full-time stay-at-home dad. My business was incredibly successful, and I was feeling dissatisfied with it, and I couldn't quite put my finger on why. So we started testing some new ideas, This is where we decided to add to the entire mix this experiment called the CEO Retreat. In January of 2018, we hosted the very first CEO Retreat and I had no expectation. I had no idea for where that would go, what would happen if I would do it again. I honestly thought this is just an experiment and we'll see what happens. And what happened blew me away. I started to see why I was so dissatisfied with all of the format and kind of best practices happening right now in the online marketing and online coaching space. There's a big push right now out there about creating passive income products, information products, online courses, and all of these things can be great as a way to share information. But what they're not truly amazing at is creating transformation. When I hosted that very first CEO retreat in the weeks and months that followed, I saw much more transformation than I had ever seen in my online courses or other information products I had created. And it got me thinking, what would happen if I... Shifted the way I was working. What would happen if I let go of a model, a online course, sweet spot strategy that had been incredibly successful and generated great revenue for my business, and provided great information, great content to my clients, in service of developing something new, something that would truly provide the multiple layers of support and accountability. And leadership training, not just marketing and sales training, but true leadership training to help them understand how to go from stressed out solopreneur to confident CEO. That has led me to where we are today. We announced in September, we were retiring Sweet Spot Strategy. And people were shocked that I would let go of an online course Why not just scale it? Why not just throw all the Facebook ads at it and put hundreds of thousands of people through the program like so many other people have done in this space? I had tried that and it always felt out of alignment to me. And it never really clicked why that model felt out of alignment to me until the last couple of years. So we decided to make a big call and retire that signature program to make space for something new, for something new that I truly felt was going to create the impact and create the transformation for my clients that I have been seeing, working with them in this new way. So to celebrate, we are kicking off a three-part series called The Unsexy Secrets to Sustainable Success starting next week. And it's all about what it really looks like and what it really takes to be a successful entrepreneur in today's world. But first, let's talk a little bit about the observations and the trends that have led me to making this big business changing decision. If you've been following along with Promote Yourself to CEO for a while, you may have heard an episode I did a little earlier in the year which was all about why women entrepreneurs need to start creating their own support systems. And when I kicked off that episode, I was sharing some of my observations, and honestly, some of my frustrations with the women's business, online marketing, online business, online um, coaching space, and how this space is truly no longer serving women entrepreneurs, how it's actually causing more problems than solutions. And one of the biggest reasons that it is causing problems is the difference between understanding strategy and tactics. So it sounds like such a simple thing, but honestly, without understanding this, and without me sharing this, you won't necessarily see why I'm making the big changes that I'm making. But the difference between strategy and tactics is one that when you understand it, you will see through a lot of the noise and distraction out there. So strategy is all about the big picture plan to achieve a specific goal. Tactics are the action step for how you get there. If you don't understand the difference between the two, or you hear people use the word strategy when they actually mean tactic, then you can quickly get overwhelmed with all the things you feel like you should be doing and you don't have a way to filter how do you make these decisions, what do you focus on, what action steps do you take, because you're not always clear about what objectives those action steps are helping you achieve. So what do I mean by this? Well, there's always tactics that are changing and trending like anything else tactics are very trend focused in general. So in the social media world, this is one that we've probably all observed. Right now, everybody is seeming to love Instagram. I hear a lot of talk about Instagram. I'm even starting to hear some talk about TikTok, um, which is kind of hilarious to me. But if you go backwards, if you've been around long enough to see these trends come and go, you may remember that before TikTok was ever a thing, Um, Before everybody was on Instagram, everybody was all talking about Facebook, and they were talking about Periscope. Do you remember Periscope? Probably not, because once Snapchat came along and Instagram came along, Periscope pretty much died out. But for those who were focused on tactics and didn't have a big picture strategy, when Periscope died out, they didn't know what to do in order to grow their audience, communicate with that audience, and convert that audience into paying clients. They didn't understand where Periscope fit in with the big picture plan for their business. And this is a mistake I've seen happen again and again and again when people don't understand the difference between strategy and tactics. This has also happened when different types of launch strategies or launch tactics, really, I should say, I don't want to confuse you guys with the language. But when different types of launch tactics become popular. So for a long time, people didn't really have to do much for a quote unquote launch other than just email their list. Then we started seeing more highly produced launches that were three-part video series, the product launch formula. Then we started seeing people doing webinars. Then we started seeing people doing challenges. And there's always going to be a different type of launch tactic that people will use. The problem is, again, when people get confused between the difference between the tactics of using a a specific launch tactic Versus the big picture strategy for their business. And this confusion has led to people constantly spinning their wheels because they feel like instead of creating one specific launch plan that will help them get where they want to go consistently, repeatably, again and again and again, they're constantly trying the next big tactic. They're constantly trying something new. And when you're constantly trying something new and you're constantly starting over, you're creating a whole lot more stress and work for yourself. So some of these tactics have worked, to be honest. I mean, some of them have worked um, and will continue to work. But some of them have disappeared because they faded away. They became not as trendy. Some of them, we started to see a decline in how effective they are. And this is especially true for anybody who is in the B2B space, like I am. Um, Once people started to understand how a three-part video series, the whole product launch formula worked, it stopped being as effective. It was no longer new and shiny. Once people understood how a webinar launch worked, it stopped being new and shiny so that that was not as impactful, as powerful as it had been in the past. When people started to see how a big affiliate launch strategy worked, It no longer had the same effect, the same power as it used to it when it was brand new. And this is just part of marketing tactics, right? When you try something for the very first time, it becomes more noticeable. People pay a little bit more attention. But over time, people begin to not pay as much attention. And it's up to us to continue trying new things out in order to capture people's attention. I do have to say it's a lot better if you just focus on providing amazing value because then the tactic isn't as important as the value. But what I have seen again and again and again is what has truly made businesses succeed long term isn't about the specific tactic. It's about having the underlying strategic framework that helps you make clear decisions about how you are going to achieve the goals you have set for your business. Once you have that strategic framework in place, once you understand how the strategy works for your business, then you can really swap out any tactics that you want because you understand how specific tactics fit in to that framework. What I found in my conversations with so many entrepreneurs is that they have a handle on all the tactics they might be using in their business, but they don't have a real big picture strategy. That is helping them make sense of what tactics they are using or helping them to make those key decisions about what tactics are going to truly help them get to their goals. So in my business, one of the things that we use and that we share at the CEO retreat with all of our accelerator clients is our five part marketing strategy. This five-part marketing strategy is based on the customer journey. It's based on the concept of buyer readiness and the process we all go through as we are making a buying decision. You've probably heard me talk about this before. Attract, engage, nurture, invite, delight. Attract is all about getting in front of new audiences. Engage is getting those new audience members over to your site to actually raise their hand by taking an action and saying, I want to keep in touch with you. I want to learn more about you and your business. Nurture is building that relationship and helping those people feel like you are the right person to support them in achieving their goals. Invite is making the offer, making the ask, and inviting those people to take the next step to becoming a paying client. And finally, Delight is one of the most under-talked about Um, parts of the strategic framework, where you're actually making sure you have an amazing customer experience in play to encourage people to get results, which turns to rave reviews, repeat business and referrals. So this five part marketing strategy is incredibly important. And the most important thing that I want you to take away is when you have a strategic framework in play, you can mix and match the tactics based on whatever is working, in the specific moment or whatever is working for your specific business. When you hear about new tactical ideas, you can make the call to whether it makes sense or not for your business. So in my business, one of the things that I do for my attract strategy, which is all about getting in front of new audiences, we know that I get a lot of results out of doing podcast interviews. So, every single quarter, every 90 days, I make a goal of how many podcast interviews I want to book and record for other people's podcasts. That is our key attract tactic that I am using. Are there other tactics I could use in that attract stage? Absolutely. I could go out there as a speaker, I could write. Um, articles on other people's websites, be a contributor, I can run ads, I can do all sorts of things to get my business out in front of other audiences. But I have made a choice to laser focus on a strategy that really gets the most bang for the buck, you know, the most result for the effort for me that aligns best with how I operate in the world. So once I know that, i have made it so much easier for myself to make sure I have a steady flow of new people hearing about me and joining my community, hearing about me and continuing to stick around by taking the next step, by engaging with my business, by heading over to my website and getting a CEO date checklist or by checking out the business growth checklist or something along those lines where they then are put into the nurture stage. And this is where they continue to hear from me each and every week you all know that every single Thursday, I share a new podcast episode, I send out a newsletter about the podcast episode, I share other little tidbits about the episode out on social media to make sure that my existing audience is hearing about me. And then eventually, they will hear about an offer. And every single month, I am making some sort of offer, I'm inviting people to the next CEO retreat, I'm letting people know about the upcoming CEO collective or later this spring, letting people know about the CEO accelerator, I have a plan about what I'm offering and when I'm offering it. So people always get a chance to hear about the different ways they can work with me. And finally, delight. I have a plan. Every single week, I'm asking myself, how am I delighting these clients? And when we build out all of our programs, everything that we do in my business, we make sure that we are thinking through how are we truly delighting these clients? What does our customer experience look like to help them not only feel seen and heard and taken care of, but to really go above and beyond for them? So this isn't sexy right? This is not sexy at all. But this is a strategic framework that has worked for me and worked for so many of my clients. And when I used to do bigger strategic planning for larger organizations, this was the same framework we used in a lot of ways to grow their businesses. It's not sexy at all. And in fact, my team and I joked about this series, because when I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you in this upcoming series, I was like, these are not the sexy things that people want to hear about. This isn't, you know, how to explode your business in six months so that you can take trips to Hawaii on your private jet or have a fancy car. Like, that is not what we are talking about. But the unsexy secrets really stuck for me because, one, it's true. It's just this is not the sexy part. And, two, this is the unsexy stuff is the stuff that, makes the biggest difference long term. This is the stuff that makes the biggest difference long term. And it's a huge part of what I want to get out there in the world. It's not about what you do once in a while. It's not about saying yes to just this one tactic and hoping that one tactic will be the thing that explodes your business. It's about understanding the strategy and making sure you're showing up and doing the work each and every day. It's so funny because I just celebrated my birthday and I got flowers from a friend and she ordered them from Farm Girl Flowers. And in that package, they included this little pin that says, Be a workhorse in a sea of unicorns. It says... Bootstrapping a manufacturing business in San Francisco where our neighbors are the greatest of giants in the tech industry has made it easy to feel like we just don't fit in. We're making a physical product, not an app or a service, and we're getting dirty while we're doing it. Hello, eucalyptus sap hands. When every VC or private equity firm in Silicon Valley is looking for the next unicorn, we're the lone workers getting up way before the roosters over in Portero Hill, and we like it that way. This miniature horse pin is a tribute to anyone else who feels a little left of center, to the rise and grinders, to the getter dunners, to the people who love a hard day's work for hard day's work's sake and have the dirty hands to prove it. And I loved this so very much because in a lot of ways, I feel like the same hype that is happening in Silicon Valley where investors are looking for, you know, the next Uber, the next unicorn business, we have seen that that is led to A lot of problems. If you haven't heard about all of the drama with WeWork and how that business has completely imploded because of this drive to be a unicorn instead of being a real profitable, sustainable business, you need to go listen to a pod. There's a podcast out there all about that whole drama called We Crashed. I highly recommend it. If you haven't heard about Theranos and the challenges that they have had, because again, they're not interested in building a real sustainable business. They're trying to be the unicorn. There's a podcast out there called The Dropout that I highly recommend. And when I listen to these things, it's so easy to see why people were attracted to these very charismatic people. People. These charismatic leaders who were really getting people excited about the vision that they had, but they didn't have the work boots on. You know, they didn't have the desire to sit down and do the things day in, day out to build a real sustainable business. And I've seen this play out in so many ways in the online marketing space, and the Um, women's entrepreneurship space, where people are so focused on getting that influencer status or having people think a certain way about them. And then behind the scenes, their business is not making it, it's struggling, it's crumbling. So I'm really wanting to push back against these industry trends. And let's get back to real practical, profitable strategies for your business, that will help you not only grow your business, In a realistic, manageable, sustainable way, because too much growth too fast can actually be really dangerous for your business, can implode your business. We want to make sure that we have that sustainability in mind. But business strategies that don't require you to burn yourself out, to go into hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt in order to pull off that don't require you to sacrifice time with your friends and family. It truly comes back to, it's not about what you do once in a while. It's about what you show up and do each and every day. It is the unsexy stuff that no one wants to do. It's putting in the reps, right? Like if you want to be healthy, you've got to show up to the gym and put in the reps. If you want to achieve any goal, you don't get it by doing the thing once. You have to go and do it again and again and again. This is the compound effect, right? It's not about saving $5,000 once. It's about saving $50 a week since you were 16, and it keeps accumulating. And when you throw compound interest on top of that, suddenly, instead of 20 years later, only coming out with, I don't know, $8,000, you have closer to $16,000. Business has compounding effects when you show up consistently and you have a strategy that you are following to achieve your big picture goals. It's about having these little systems in place that start to build for you. And yes, it takes effort to put these systems in place. But over time, they start to snowball for you. There are things that I've been doing in my business for years and because I have This strategy in place, this strong foundation in place, even though I might take time off or need to back away from an area of my business, I've put the foundational things in place to ensure that it keeps working for me. If I decided I needed a break from doing a bunch of podcast interviews and doing attract marketing, I have. So many interviews out there and so many things driving traffic to my business now that it will continue to drive traffic, even if I personally take a break from it. And that's the power of strategy. That's the power of understanding how these things all work together and how you can work within it. This is all about putting those simple systems in place. And I want you to know, like, they do not have to be complicated. I think, There's a lot of talk out there. And when you start looking at what they're recommending, it is so unnecessary. It is so unnecessary. The launch strategies out there that require you have fancy software, or you have to hire this expensive team to implement it, or you have to pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars a month for all of these different tools, it's not necessary. There are a million ways to get to what you want to do that don't require you to, in some cases, you know, go deep into debt or take on a second mortgage or not pay yourself in order to make them happen. I'm a huge fan of having simple systems in my life that really reduce stress. They eliminate that decision fatigue. And because I have these simple systems in my life that work really well, I'm able to show up 100% for my family and for my business. I have a capsule wardrobe because I don't like to stress over what I'm going to wear. I make sure in my closet that everything matches pretty well. I go once in a while to audit my closet and make sure that if I have any gaps I need to fill, they are filled I even have a capsule speaking wardrobe because I want to make sure that if I have an opportunity to go speak, which sometimes can happen last minute, that I have a few options in my closet that I can grab and throw on and I'm not panicked about it. That's having a strategy. That's having a clear plan for how I'm going to manage my wardrobe. I have a clear strategy for how we do meal planning in my family. We aren't recreating the wheel all the time and looking through recipe books every single week. We keep it really, really, really simple. We are the family who has Friday pizza night and taco Tuesday. And this helps us know exactly what we're doing. It reduces the stress. It reduces decision fatigue. There are so many things that you can do to simplify your life. There's a whole movement around it right now. And I think we need to talk about how you can also simplify your business, how you can streamline things, look at the easiest way and often the least expensive way for you to achieve the result that you're looking for. And when you've figured out how to uncomplicate your business or how to uncomplicate your life, suddenly things are much easier to manage. They don't take up so much mental bandwidth. Okay, so now that I have all of this out of my system. And I'm sharing with you, you know, my thought process for where I want to go, we want to focus on not just tactics, but the big picture strategy, we don't want to focus on something you do once, we want to focus on how you're showing up and running your business, like a CEO, each and every week, each and every quarter, each and every year, we want to make sure that the systems you're putting in place in your business and the, the strategies you're saying yes to are not complicated, that they're easy, they're easy for you to manage and they make your business run more smoothly. Now that you can kind of see where we're going, I want you to stay tuned and share this episode with another entrepreneur who you know is fed up with all of the overwhelm and the confusion and who is ready for more sustainable success. The Unsexy Secrets to Sustainable Success is going to drop on March 5th. And in this series, we're going to talk about the number one way the smartest, most amazing women get in their way and what you can do about it. This even happened with one of my clients who is a Harvard-educated lawyer. You are not alone. We all go through challenges that holds us back no matter how smart we are. We're going to talk about the number one unsexy, but most effective business strategy of all time that I promise works for everyone. Yes, it even works for a business that sells exclusively, get this, little girl's hair bows. That's right. I know so random, but it works for everything from service-based businesses to product-based businesses to retail businesses. And once you understand the strategy, you will want to implement it in your own business. And we'll also talk about how to use what you will learn in the Unsexy Secrets to Sustainable Success series and how to make sure that you know how to stay on track, how you lead yourself for your own accountability. I can't wait to dive into this series with you starting next week. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you want to check out the other episodes and podcasts I mentioned in this episode, head over to rachelcook.com/show. Shout out to Jameson Cook from JCC Podcast Production for producing and editing the show. Go check them out at JamisonCook.com to bring your podcast to life. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. We'll talk soon.